2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Hey, welcome to the 6D Helmets Kickstart Podcast. I'm Don Maeda, co-host and Michael Antonovich. And uh, today we have Amsoil Honda's Carson Mumford in the house. So, buddy, thanks for making the long drive over. Oh, yeah, right? super far. Yeah. So, Carson, uh, Car- how old are you now? 17. Carson is a 17-year-old who owns his own home already. And it's about five minutes away from our office. Yeah, barely. Yeah, so... So, dude, what's going on uh, in the life of CM122? Just riding and training, really, just getting ready for Mammoth. Uh, kind of just got to get through Mammoth and try and get some good results, and then uh, it's grind time for Loretta's again. Yeah. Is it, uh, like, this will be your probably, what, 10th time at Loretta's? Yeah, I think my first year there was 08, yeah. so, and I haven't missed a year, so it's... So it's got to be old by now, right? It's... But every year is like a new bike and a new challenge. Exactly, new class. new class. So, and I want to win just as bad as ever. So it never really gets old. It does sometimes when it's just super hot and grueling. You're like, man, like this race is just never ending. But um, I'm ready. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I just I would think that the same amateur national circuit slash circus. Yeah. I mean, you just can't wait to turn pro and go to the Nationals and Supercross, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I watch every weekend, and Pierce Brown went, like, kind of did a little deal this weekend mm-hmm. and did really good. So that's I think that's cool for the amateurs to see. And yeah, I think he learned a lot, so that would be cool for me to maybe do one later or next year and stuff like that. But, yeah, this amateur stuff is still really good, but I've done it for a long time. and Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for the next step. So we met in 2000, maybe? Maybe before that? When no. you were on a 65 still. I was born in 2001, so. Oh, okay. So <laughs> 2005, maybe? Yeah, probably. I was okay. in the 50s. Okay, so met you still on little bikes. So that was when I first became aware of you because you're my buddy's kid. Anton, when were you first aware of Carson? Uh, 2010, I think. Yeah. Like when you uh, first started coming World on. World Minis? And, yeah, and like Team Green Kid. Yeah, I think I met you at World Minis was on Cobras one year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the idea was one of those out of Mesquite. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, but it's been weird because I was telling somebody like you've been around for so long that I think everybody forgets how young you are because we've yeah. heard your name so much for so long. Oh yeah, and I've always done good. So my I feel like if you do bad, you're kind of expected to do good. Mm-hmm. And then you have some of these newer kids come over and they do great, and then they they kind of it blows up when they do great. But I might have the same results, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, I've just been, I've always been one of the high-level kids and always pushed to win, so yeah, I've just been around forever. Mm-hmm. And you've had like the ups and downs, like you've had oh, some yeah. injuries that have set you back and then you always rebuild from that, and I think that that's what keeps everybody in mind of like, well, he's gone through everything. It hasn't yeah. been just win, win, win the whole way across. Exactly. I've had some pretty major injuries mm-hmm. and come back and still been able to win, so I think uh, people do like to see that, that if, like, if you kind of have a kid that just uh, wins your whole amateur career and then mm-hmm. goes and gets hurt. They kind of are skeptical, you know, He's when you a go bust. pro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was the femur the biggest? 
yeah, probably. I had a, I did a spleen when I was on uh, on 80s, but mm-hmm. I was that was just a long injury. I wouldn't say that was a terrible injury, but yeah. the femur is probably the worst one. Ah, you don't need a spleen anyway, yeah. right? <laughs> How old were you when you did your femur? 13. Was that weird because it's still like a growing bone? Uh, yeah, and it, I had it in for three years, which was way too long, like mm-hmm. the rod. And so my leg was really weak because you're – your body doesn't like build muscle because it feels like it's so strong because it has a rod in. Mm-hmm. So then I finally got it out and now my, my leg's way stronger than it ever was. Like my knee was so weak always. Mm-hmm. And and it always had a lot of pain. Like my screws backed out a little bit so it would tick mm-hmm. on the tendons and stuff. But yeah. it's way better. Because you got your femur rod out last winter, right? Or Yeah, like October. Yeah, because I... You filmed it, yeah. I came to film it and then yeah. they wouldn't let us. But, yep. but yeah, so... Uh, when you break your femur and you're that young, there's got to be some worry about the whole growth plate damage yeah. thing. Uh, was there any concern about that, about you having one short leg and having to wear a special shoe? Yeah, I feel like there was, but I don't know, so long ago that I think it was fine with the growth plate. It was kind mm-hmm. of more in the middle of my leg, but yeah. the rod, I got it when I got it out, it was so long. Like It was to my knee all the way to my hip now, and I was only 13 when that happened, and I was like, 10 inches shorter then so yeah I yeah I don't know how that even would fit in my leg then maybe they put a bigger one in because I knew I was going to grow or something yeah mm. how, how bad was the pain of getting it out I mean nowhere near as like putting like or breaking your leg so like I I did a road ride like seven days after the mm-hmm. the most thing I had to be careful about was just it's so fragile because it's just like your legs hollow yeah and the the, the bone marrow grows back and fills yeah. in right yep and it did really quick, I thought. Like it was only like like five weeks or something and I yeah. rode. So it was really quick. Yeah. Cool. Well hey, this weekend was uh the WW Ranch National. I was supposed to go to it actually. And then I got the flu last week and the day Thursday I was supposed to fly out I had a hundred and hundred and one temperature. I was down to hundred and one by then. So I didn't go. I, I enlisted talking boy Michael Lindsay to yeah. do it for us. But dude, after seeing how hot it was there, I'm really glad I didn't oh, go. Oh yeah. Like, what did you have you talked to anyone? You, Cameron McAdoo's your roommate. Yeah, and he's probably one of the most fit guys out there. And he, uh, I think he tipped over in the last turn, like battling for like eighth or ninth. And he said he went over the finish line, and that's like pretty much all he remembers. He just fainted off his bike. And he's probably, I would say, one of the most fit 250 riders out there. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. He's a training maniac. Yeah. So he's kind of said like. If it's gonna be that hot, what's they should cut motos or something because it's just not safe. Like, it's yeah. insane. You have the most fit athlete. Like, look at Sexton. He won the first moto. Like, he's yeah. the best guy, and then couldn't even race the second moto because he was like couldn't see. Yeah. So you guys are teammates. Have you talked to Sexton at all about? No, uh, not really. I, I've talked to just mostly like people that I live by, like Derek Drake. He uh, mm-hmm. he said it was really hot. He actually was winning and then crashed. So yeah. He said it maybe the heat wasn't affecting him, but he crashed pretty hard, so he's a little dizzy. But yeah, it was looked like a really gnarly weekend. The track looked pretty cool, but looked pretty gnarly. Yeah. Are you seeing races that that are on the schedule? You're like, oh, I really want to ride there, where that doesn't look as fun. Like the WW one, I went to the GP a few years ago, and this is a completely different track than it was. But it looks like it would be fun if you're a fast guy. Yeah, I, it looked like a really cool place and like really like nice scenery and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I've rode like a pretty much the first three rounds I've all rode. I rode there except for Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been to Millville just to watch before, and that looks like probably be my favorite track. Mm-hmm. It looks so cool. And, but uh, I've rode a few of the other tracks, like uh, just in the East Coast stuff. But mm-hmm. 
Uh, honestly, I'll do whatever one. If someone says, "Hey, we want you to do this," I'm I'll love to do it. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna take advantage? Like, so you said that rule, like what Pierce did. Is that something that you guys have entertained, or do you have to wait till next year now? Um, I'm not totally sure. It's just like we have a pretty full team, and they're all doing really good. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a different team where it's like, well, our guys aren't doing the best. Let's fill in an amateur, and uh, it's just the team's packed right now with full full talent. So. I think Shimoda's plan is to go pro after Loretta's or mm-hmm. Supercross or stuff like that. So I kind of have to – he did two years B class, so he's kind of ahead of me in, like, the pecking order. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have to play by ear what he does and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'd love to do the last three or as an amateur or any races, but I think the team's so full I'd have to do it, like, through a sprinter van or something like that, mm-hmm. which would okay. be a little bit harder, especially just getting ready for Loretta's and stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, were the guys uh, wearing those cooling vests and stuff on the A couple line? guys did on the starting line, um, like Tomac did, and his was pretty big. And then you caught, I saw everybody, like, putting towels or rags or mm-hmm. buckets of water. It's funny, on I remember them. that was such a That was the big thing. Like everyone wore yeah. those ice vests? Yeah, they sell them at Loretta still, I think. Do they really? Yeah. Do you remember when Metcalf forgot to take his yeah, off, though? I, was say I that. think that's why everybody stopped. Oh, really? Uh huh, because it was, like, a fear of, like, if I forget this, then I'm just basically riding in, like, an insulated blanket. Yeah. Because when Metcalf did that, I think it was Texas, and it just cooked him. Yeah, he didn't take it off? Mm-mm. And it, it had, all the water evaporated, so then it took all the sweat, and it just became like a humid hot box up against his, yeah. his core, and it just cooked him really bad. It was on a Suzuki, I think. Yeah. No, it was. Well, bad on his mechanic, too, for letting him start yeah. this like yeah. that, right? You probably had it on for like an hour before, so it just felt natural. Yeah. I don't know. You know, uh, um, during his race career, Doug Dubok had a problem with some heat stroke or mm-hmm. heat exhaustion. And he was telling me that he did a whole bunch of research on it when that happened. And, you know, you don't just recover from being overheated by the next weekend, right? Mm-hmm. It's a long, lingering, lingering thing. And so according to his research, like, you know, pouring water on yourself and stuff at the start of the moto is worse because you're all cool. And then once you start heating up, it evaporates and mm-hmm. then it intensifies the change in temperature. So I always... Hearing that from Doug, I always wondered about those cooling vests. You know? Yeah, because I had heard the same thing, like the pouring the water down the back of your neck before a race is the worst thing you could do. Like yeah. it's the one thing everybody does, but it's the worst thing you could do. And especially if it like pools in your pants and oh, everything, yeah. then all it's going to do Chase too. Up. Well, that and then it's that water is going to get <coughs> oh, hot and yeah. humid and then it's going to like just make all this oh, in your pants too. Like yeah. it just seems like you kind of got to go into it dry and just be like, this is going to suck, but I have to deal with it. Yeah. You remember, uh, I just remember when Porcel was here, he would just, bottles and bottles. Everywhere. Every single piece of his gear was soaking wet. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like on the starting line. Like soaking wet. Pour water on him. He'd have like a fan, he'd have his helmet off like a 30 second board too, with like mm-hmm. a fan. Yeah. It stressed me out. I'd watch a video of him and he'd put his helmet on with 30 second boards like going sideways. Yeah. The fan was funny because like they made all of those fans and they yeah. were just cobbled together. Yeah. Like harbor freight stuff <laughs> and you could hear it from one end of the starting line to the other because it was so loud really? and then that off season everybody made them yeah yeah and then they got the cool uh i think they're makito ones right the they're blowers charger. yeah those are sick yeah but that's smart too because that's a full f1 thing like anytime mm-hmm. the car comes off you have to start pumping air into the yeah. inlets or around the brakes and then the gp guys started doing it and so when the usgp started happening here again 
all of, like the Cali people saw the Sauls team doing it. And they're like, oh, we'll go to Home Depot and get those now. Yeah, you gonna get those fans for Loretta's this year? I don't know. On on one fifties, the bike was it was really small and compact, so it was really hot. Like yeah. compared to the two fifty, and they did like the dry ice into the the gas tank. Like they ran the gas through the dry ice and yeah. back in, and that made a huge difference. Like no I would sit on the starting line and I'd be like cold, like at Loretta's because the whole my whole seat was like frozen. Like, really? and there was uh, like this much ice on the gas tank and like, it was all like, it was frozen. So uh-huh. it made a huge difference on that bike. They said that J-Mart did it, but like in pros you sit down there for like way longer. Yeah. So he said it was just like, you were nice sitting on the line. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like that'd be pretty cool. What is it like, uh, you know, you're the guy who they started that 150 program for mm-hmm. and now it's, it's gone essentially. Right. Yep. So, I mean. It's got to be pretty cool that you got to ride something that no one else got to except for, you know, yep. Hunter. Yeah, that's it's pretty sweet. And that bike came a long way, too. When I got on it, it was carbureted. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, we did so many hours of testing with, like, Kibby and LaRocco rode the bike sometimes. Just, really? Oh, yeah. It was, it was uh, every day was just so crazy riding that thing. But it uh, came a long way. And then when Yoder got on it, it was actually, it was the best. It, and then... It was the best it was probably ever, so he got on it and he did good on it, so it was yeah. cool. Why did uh, why did the team elect to pull the plug on that? It's expensive. It's expensive, and um, if you're not really winning everything, it's like, man, this is a lot. And, you know, it's yeah. there's only I think three gas tanks ever made for it, and they're yeah. all different looking, like they're all mm-hmm. custom. So it was just a lot. It was a Frankenstein bike for sure. Yeah. But I'd actually like to have one just to put it in my house. Just yeah, right? Mm-hmm. You should talk to him about that. That's like the last, like, American Works bike, I think. Yeah, I think uh, people are always trying to tell me, like, we should get, uh, like, an old, one of someone's old Suzuki's, like, R, R&D bike or, mm-hmm. like, Antonez or someone like that yeah. and just, like, put them next to each other and that'd be, like, cool to have. That'd but. be cool. There's an old uh, DMC, Eddie Hicks's YZ80 at Troy Lee. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's the one with the aluminum tank and, mm-hmm. and all that. It's pretty cool. Like, I, all this stuff, like, when I was a kid, so all the top amateur kids, like, Alessi had some cool stuff, but it was yeah. nothing to that level. So I would always read magazines and hear about it. And, yeah, your bike was, like, a 25-year, like, drought breaker of, like, oh, cool yeah. mini bike tech. Oh, yeah. But now it's, like, all the bikes are so good stock. You mm-hmm. don't have to do anything to them. Like, yeah. it's insane. But, yeah, that thing was super tricked out, like especially the small wheel because you could run there was such a big gray area with that bike because no one ever rode it like Webb rode it and Joey Crown and a few Mm -hmm. people like that but you could run all basically the 85 to the Super Mini it was just different like swing arm and wheelbase you Mm -hmm. could run like the same motor everything so my small wheel was always faster than my big wheel because lighter yeah so I would just I'd rip that small wheel for sure yeah how how was it though like looking back you removed from the class and everything and was it competitive against like Styles' 105 or 112? On certain tracks. Uh, yeah. you where, to, where was it better and where was it? It a had big... so much torque. Like, yeah. But uh, it ran out of like top speed. So, like Glen Helen, I'd like rip the whole shot and then like towards the end of the straightaway, they'd be like, like trying to go by me. But then tracks like Minio's that was kind of tighter or like really deep, mm-hmm. I could just pull every whole shot and like kind of run away from everybody. But maybe mm-hmm. on like a faster track, and it was kind of weird how it was kind of heavy. So if you were turned 
on the side and like through bumps, it would kind of act a little weird. Mm -hmm. So it was really good in a straight line for sure. So yeah, some tracks it was unreal to ride and some track like Supercross was awesome. Like yeah. Monster Cup, I loved it. But some tracks was like, maybe like a comp edge was a little weird. Yeah. Was it an advantage having all that four stroke experience when you got on the 250F, do you think? Like, uh, like, I'd I mean, say so. Like kids getting off, you know, super minis and getting on a four stroke is kind of weird. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'd say so. Just kind of, it was heavy and a lot of things like that. And uh, I think it really helped me out just like testing and like knowledge like that. And the team was so involved. So mm -hmm. it was it was really cool. I think I think it helped out in the long run for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask like if testing helped because every little thing you guys did, yeah. you had to see if there was a benefit or not because mm -hmm. you were the person. There's no other like, well, this person said it didn't. You're the only guy that could tell them what it was doing. Exactly. And it was like, we'd some days we'd go out and try stuff and it would be, completely wrong like mm -hmm. and then we go out the next day and it'd be like the best bike ever mm -hmm. i think we tried like ktm shocks because it had a whole ktm front end on it like yeah the triple clamps everything so i mean we had i tried that like three times and i didn't like it the first two times and mm -hmm. we went to underground and tried it and i liked it but we tried everything on that thing we had a at the end i think we had a slipper clutch in there so it was like way less engine brake yeah and, like, it was it was tricked out for sure when, when you were testing stuff and you said LaRocco would jump on it, mm -hmm. did he ever come off the bike and, like, completely disagree with you on what you thought? Never that, but he would go, like, fast on it. I was like, man, like, he's, why is he going so fast on my bike? Or, like, yeah. Jeremy Martin jumped on my bike one time at Zaka and, like, went way faster than me. Yeah. I'm like, dude, why did I stop? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's all little, so. Yeah. He's nice. ripping. Hey, uh. All right, so we've joked about this before, but, like, I've been friends with your pops, Scott Mumford, for, wow, years and years, since, like, 91, I think, when he, we were racing together. But uh, I like his approach with you. Like, he's literally, thank, because he's got successful, you know, his heating and air business, he's been able to provide you with, like, every advantage or resource possible, right? Like, you know, your track up in Apple Valley. Yeah. And, you know, living away from the family down here with the trainer and stuff. But to me, it seems like he gives you the resource. And correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know if your dad's going to listen to this, but he doesn't seem like he's like, oh, really, like psycho, like mini dad, like we've seen, you know? Like he, he just wants you to try your hardest, but yeah. he's not over the top. There's times for sure, and it was most of the time when I was younger. He's definitely like taking a step back when I've gotten on the team and big yeah. bikes and stuff like that. But there's times for sure that I need to hear it. So he, yeah, he definitely lets me have it at times. But mini bike days were definitely a lot, a lot different because <laughs> it was like we, if you're not doing this, you're not going to get on a good team. Like you have got to be on your game all the time. Yeah. And now that I'm on a team, he he knows like I have a trainer tell me what I got to do, a mechanic, yeah. the team. So he kind of, he only says what he has to say every once in a while, yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, it, he does a good job. He definitely, he gives me everything I need to do to succeed. But if I'm not doing, if I'm not putting in 110% also, he's, he'll take it away right, yeah. right away. So you definitely have to work as hard as he does. And, uh, you know, otherwise it's just a one way train, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Was it weird to be this little kid that was like, oh, my God, I have to do all this stuff to get to this point when you're, like, 13 years old? Um, I really wanted to do it, honestly. So mm -hmm. it was never 
I mean, at some times when I was like maybe like 10 or something, I was like, oh, I don't want to go riding today. You know, I mm -hmm. go to school all day and then it's like, oh, my friends are going to Six Flags. I'm going to go there. But when I was a little bit older, I knew like I, I saw Adam Cincerello and Super Minis and all these good guys coming up from the amateurs. And I saw like guys that were making mistakes and stuff. So I was like, I don't want to be like that. I want to, you know, I don't want to do this good. So, mm -hmm. and uh, I trained with Buddy Anton. And so it was like, we were working really hard, but we were a big group and we were always having so much fun that I loved to ride my dirt bike. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, because it was like, I mean, to be an eighth grader and you have contracts, I yeah. think that's just so crazy. Because oh, like most yeah. eighth graders are just like, oh, I could ride BMX or I could like play video games today. And you're like, oh no, yeah. I have to do this. Like, yeah. did you guys even do different school lunches so you didn't have like a bad lunch and like ruin all your training? Uh, just like my, my parents would pack me lunch or something, mm -hmm. but. Um, yeah, back then I kind of just had a lot of fun, you know, yeah. and it wasn't so serious. The riding was really serious in the training, but other than that, it was just like, have some fun and be a kid still, go hang out with your friends, but when you're at the track, be serious. And keep it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it was definitely stressful at times, you know, like the contracts, I was insane just to be like that young and never, we were calling everybody we could to like, that was in the same situation, maybe mm -hmm. like Cantrell or anybody so it was pretty crazy I had two major teams with contracts sitting in front of me and I was like writing down everything my parents were like oh. my parents were like we're not making the decision you got to it's oh really long. yeah so they basically wrote down every pro and con and what's what money and what this brought you know because uh Cowie brought monster and that was that was a lot of money and that was a really cool thing to be a part of but mm -hmm. I kind of maybe traded that with X Dubai so mm -hmm. I kind of made it up for it in different ways. Cool. I've always actually, do we got to take a break? Yeah, we got to take a quick break to uh, hear from our sponsors and reset the camera. So we'll be right back with Carson Mumford. Hi, this is 250 Supercross champion Chase Sexton of the Geico Honda team. To get the most performance out of your motocross bike, make sure you're using the Yoshimura exhaust systems. Visit Yosh at Yoshimura-RD.com to see their wide line of slip-ons and complete systems for your bike today. Now enjoy the Swap Moto Live Kickstart podcast. Hey everyone, it's Cooper Webb from the Red Bull KTM Factory Racing Team. Summer is here and it's the perfect time to get to your local track and ride. Right now, you can get up to $1,500 in factory cash on select KTM SXF models. This factory cash incentive can be used toward the purchase of a motorcycle or KTM power parts or power wear products. See your local KTM participating dealers or head to KTM.com-US for more details. Hey, welcome back to the 60 Helmets Kickstart Podcast with Carson Mumford. So speaking of 60, you've ridden in one previously because you were sponsored by the team, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked them. Yeah. Did you ever whack your head in it? Oh, yeah. Plenty of times. I definitely took some big diggers in both their helmets they made. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, sadly, I've got a lot of experience whacking my head. <laughs> but uh, I've always felt that when you hit your head in a 60, it feels a little different because that suspension system. Um, you see a lot of kids on mini bikes wearing 60s. It's because their parents are like, "Oh, you gotta wear this. It's the best helmet and everything." But was it? Uh, it was a team contract though for you, right? Or were you allowed to make your own decision because you were on the amateur team? Yeah, I was allowed to make my own decision. I think Shimoda still wears them, but mm -hmm. um, Fox kind of showed me the design of the new helmet. And I kind of liked it, and you know, sometimes it's just cool to look like the pro. All the, yeah, the rest of the team. Yeah, sometimes I'm just like, uh, you know, everybody else looks pretty cool and 
those guys are so awesome down there. Those 60 was really awesome too down there, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Fox, they definitely treat you like family and stuff. So I was like, you know, I might as well join the whole package. Yeah. yeah. So do you have the new one yet? Yep. Yeah, it's that's really cool. good. I knocked myself out in that the first day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you hit your head. Testing to the extreme, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hey, on the 60 note, though, like, you being the top kid, like the 150 kid at the factory bike, you were probably like their poster boy too. You probably had a lot of people buy them because they saw you on them. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'd like to think so, but um, I feel like when I signed with that with that team, I did have good results, but it was almost like people were so amped just to see like a kid come on a factory team and stuff like that. They were putting me in the magazines no matter what, mm-hmm. and they were just like so like it was just so new and like awesome and. So whether I won or lose, it was like they're still just pumped on the bike and just whatever I wore, you know. Like, mm-hmm. And uh, Alias, they gave me, like, the same gear as a team, so I look like just head to toe like a pro. Yeah. Yeah, Monster Cup, you always had a good setup. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. My <coughs> mom would break out the rhinestones and do the goggles or the helmet and just <laughs> – it was sweet. Hey, what is the ex-Dubai thing? Do you still have it right now? Yeah. So I, you're sponsored by the country of Dubai or, like, the tourism board or something? Like the Prince. He just uh, started, like, an extreme sports company to promote mm-hmm. tourism. So he hired, like, a few athletes. I think uh, the guy that does a triple backflip, Josh Sheeney, I think, Josh Sheehan. Mm-hmm. Or uh, like Ken Block had it, and, like, one of the Gymkhana, like, his car was sponsored by it. And yeah. Some skateboarders and snowboarders. And, yeah, so he just has a few athletes. Okay, now I understand that you and your whole family have a trip to Dubai anytime you want, but you haven't gone yet. My mom's scared to fly. Is she yeah. that far? Yeah, she'll she'll uh, barely do like Loretta's or stuff really? like that. Yeah. Hmm. So I know everybody tells me, well, you can take me if you want. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you uh, what do you know about Dubai? Like, have you? I know they have like a one of like the biggest snowboarding indoor like. Yeah, like it's huge. Indoor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, like like the it's world's biggest. Yeah. And wow. their mall has like since it's so hot out, like their mall is like a town. Like yeah. it's so huge and they uh have like a deal in there where they can make it rain in the mall. Like they can change the weather. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane. And then they have um the fastest roller coaster is there, but because yeah. there's no point of reference it's like based after an F one car. But because there's no point of reference, it looks like it's going like 20 miles an hour when it's doing like over 100. Because oh, okay. it's just flat land, yeah. and there's no trees or hills to like give you a reference of speed. Yeah. So the thing just hauls, but you have to wear goggles so you don't like get hit in the face with anything. But it's cool. Get hit in the face with a bug going 100. Or like Fabio hitting that goose. Yeah. Do you remember that? No. You've ever seen that picture? Uh uh-uh. They like broke in this roller coaster, and it's like peak Fabio. Like he is on every romance cover, and like yeah. just awesome and he hits this goose on this roller coaster and blows his face apart in dubai no it's just like somewhere in the united states but he comes off and like the golden boy is just fully bloodied from this goose that just took him down and that was like his career kind of started taking a sideways turn that way yeah because of a goose yeah Mm, it was not butter (laughs) so hey dude uh all right so you're on the amateur side team it's called amsoil honda rather than geico honda um I know that the bikes have to be a little bit different. Have you ever gotten to like jump on one of the Geico bikes just to see what the difference is? No. Um, they're probably trying to hold me back because if I get on it, I'll be like, whoa, I want to yeah. ride this all the time. But my bikes are so good right now. Like 
my bikes are always fast and even my mm -hmm. practice bikes are have really good motors and great suspension so um last year with being the new bike it was like it was really hard because they have to get the pros the parts first and then it kind of trickles down but um yeah last year i kind of rode with like maybe more stock parts and stuff but this mm -hmm. year it's my bikes are insane my i think they said the only difference between my practice and my race bikes is race gas really? and they adjust the mapping a little bit so my all the time i practice on great equipment yeah dude the the most mind-blowing thing i think about your team is the race shop dude it's like the most amazing yeah. race shop i've ever been to and like like how cool is it to go in there and see your workstation and your number plate up on the wall all big like oh yeah oh when i, I when i signed with the team i think i i was living there i never went home i just <laughs> for like probably two years i was just just in there every single day they're probably annoyed with me yeah. but i was just sit, sitting on the benches talking to all the guys would you work out in that gym they have upstairs? yeah for uh, i think they, they were sponsored by crossfit for like a year so i worked there like every day but now i'm working at icon right now ah mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, you're with charles how's charles as a trainer cool good old charles yeah, they're, dow they're all so cool has he tried to get you to uh eat any dog or anything no 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 because he <laughs> I've seen a lot of three do three legged dogs running around near Icon Sports. I, you, you never know about those guys. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. But uh, so, how is that working out there? Do you uh, work out just with Charles, or is there like a group of you guys? Um, so it's like I work with a guy named Jeremy, and like Charles kind of writes his programs, uh -huh. from what I understand. And uh, I work with uh, Jack Fowler and like Mason Wharton, so a mm -hmm. couple of pros and. Yeah, they're they're super strong, so it makes me work really hard. You ever uh, are you in there same time as Vince Freeze, Freezy? Yeah, sometimes. Yep, he's always working in there when I come in. How about Haley Deegan? I don't. I've never seen her in there. I see like she's always in there with videos. She must yeah. go like at night or something. Yeah. But. Does Charles have you doing the uh, the the boxing type stuff and all that too? No, just uh, we do tire flips and stuff like that. But oh, I haven't dude, done that any does boxing. Not look no. You have the hammer on the tire and all that stuff, too? Oh, it's it's a pain, for sure. Dude, I went, Charles got me to come down to Icon Sports probably like seven years ago. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll come. Dude, I literally had to run outside and throw up in the parking lot. Like, he kicked my ass so bad. And then even when I left, I was, like, shaking, you know? <laughs> like, I'd never done any kind of workout like that, you know? Like, yeah. You know, just be like done on a stationary bike or something, but all yeah. the, the circuits, it just was brutal, yeah. hard, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, uh, he's awesome though, because he's real encouraging, you know. Oh, yeah, and I still can't understand how this Asian guy has this like black guy accent, right? I wish that I could have like Charles Dow call me and like give me motivational quotes every morning because <laughs> I get pumped when I see him, and because like we communicate on the same wavelength, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, Dow's sick, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> So, uh, what else? Okay, so you got Loretta's coming up. Yep. Or, actually, you're probably leaving in a couple of days for Mammoth, right? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, this Wednesday morning, I'm going to go up to Mammoth and uh, practice this Thursday, race Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's kind of late for me. Normally, I go up, like, a few days, like, before now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I, that uh, to get used to the altitude? Yeah, normally I go up, like, a week and a half before I even practice. And mm -hmm. I watch, like, the vet guys, the mini bike guys. But... Mm -hmm. Uh, normally I feel like kind of altitude gets to me and I'm kind of tired like the last few days there and I talked to some like people and uh, Peter Parker he told me that you know either go up two weeks before or just go up right before and you'll that'll be your best bet yeah so 
has your dad ever said this to you? But like, when we were racing Mammoth, the whole track was like loamy. Oh, he says it every year. And like, it's like, I don't know where all the good dirt went. It left under everybody's fenders. That's what or he says. He right? says it went under everybody's fenders out in the trucks. Because, dude, it was long. Like, if, if you got in the first practice session, yeah, you're, you're literally right. like laughing the whole time because it yeah. was just like so fun. Yeah. But now I see it and it looks like rocky and square edged. And uh, yeah, it's it's a brutal track for sure. And this year, being <clears throat> with the pros, the 450 class is going to be pretty hard to pull a start because your bikes are already slow up there. Yeah. So, but. I kind of have going for me just the end of the motos. I, they're long motos, so hopefully I can come through and still yeah. do good. So what classes are you racing under? 450 and 350A? Yep. I think they even have open pro, so three classes, I think. Yeah. Three days right. of racing. I've never seen you ride a 450. Are you going to ride a 250? 250, again? yep. Okay, okay. Yeah. So with this going on, like, Loretta's is that oddball race where you can only pick two classes. Is that easier for you to focus all your attention on that, or does that put more pressure because you don't have as many chances? Well, they took 450A out of Loretta's, Mm -hmm. so there is only two classes. So it kind of made the competition tighter. Mm -hmm. Like before there was that option clash, like, well, a guy's better on a 450, he'll ride just both both 450 classes, where Mm -hmm. uh, now it's like, well, you better be good on both. and. Um, or you just ride both 250, that's what I'm going to do. So uh, everybody's going to race each other in both classes. So that's going to be pretty tight. Yeah, because all the amateur, the handful of amateur races that I've gone to, it seems like you guys ride like 12 times a day. And then you get to Loretta's and it's like, okay, now we wait. And then you ride and then wait and yeah. then ride. It's kind of like a pro race, I would say. Like, especially in like the premier classes, like the B class, the super mini class, the A class. Like the, it's weird to say, but like the fences are like lined with people. Like, yeah. It's insane. Like like they're like cheering for you and stuff like that. So I think that's I'm excited for that this year. Like mm-hmm. just like at races like Cal Classic or like amateur days or stuff like that. People are like pumped to see you race. Like mm-hmm. that's like the first time I've really experienced that. So well, it's the first peak at the next big thing. Yeah, it's like it's cool. Like I went to Ponca and that was my first A race and straight off the B class of Loretta's like you know, you look when you're riding and there's no one watching or anything. So mm-hmm. I go to Ponca and there's just people like lying, like the bleachers are full. And like, I'm like, wow, like that's cool. Cause then if you win, it's like everybody saw it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I went to Loretta's, I think in 07, 08 maybe. And like, dude, I've, I've, I'm a California guy, right? Yeah. So you know how like California guys that don't go anywhere else, like you get there and they're like, what are these ruts? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think I fell nine <laughs> times in the first practice session. Like, <laughs> some of them were on straightaways because I was like, I yeah. did not ride ruts. The parade lap of my first moto, I don't know, the track's probably different now, but there is like a turn right in front of the grandstands. Yeah, I guess you fell down on the parade lap in a rut. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was so embarrassing. Oh, I've but, done uh, that. <laughs> I've had... I've had a few times come back on like 50s. My bike broke on the side lap, and they have to like drive me back, and they're holding the gate. And it's yeah. like my dad had to change a spark plug really quick on the line, and and then like you go in the gate, and then you just like rip a fat hole shot because you're like yeah, all so wound up. Right? Yeah, yeah, but I for sure fell like probably five times on the side lap there for sure. Yeah. Do you do you when you first go to Loretta's, being a California-based guy, do you struggle with the ruts at first or? Yeah, uh, my first year I think I got four, 34th overall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, I don't know if you remember like Cobra Talk and all that stuff, but I was mm-hmm. like six and like all these articles, like, 
Mumford and Robertson and Kobush are winning for sure. Like it's between those guys, uh-huh. and they would like they went like one and four, and I got like thirty fourth. Like yeah. just that was my first year there, and I'm like I don't know. Like, I'd rather just go jump in the river. This is way more fun. Yeah, but I think also we go there like expecting it to be so gnarly nowadays. Like, um, like the California kids, they'd hardly ride that. They ride Milestone and Paul and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But we go. It seems like everybody goes like the f- two weeks before Loretta's to go ride some stuff like that. And then we're like, man, this is going to be so gnarly at Loretta's that we show up like so gung-ho and like just ready to kill it. Like the last like 10 years I've been there, the California kids win the most championships out of everybody. Mm. So I don't know, maybe because we hardly ever ride mud. So yeah. when it, it's a mud race, I think we're just so like, let's go. Like let's get yeah. a good start and let's, we're just pinning it. And yeah. Maybe yeah. we crash, but we're just sending it. Hey, with your, uh, you know, your facility up in the high desert, do you guys ever build specific things to practice for upcoming races? Or, like, do you ever overwater something and make it muddy on purpose? Oh, yeah. we uh, Last year we built, like, a, a one-minute turn track, like, super small. But we ripped it, like, as deep as you can possibly rip it and then flooded it. And no one would go out except for me in, uh-huh. like, the first hour of being there. And I'd put a jacket on, it was like 100 degrees out, and we just, a 20-minute moto was like 20 laps, so you were just yeah. out there forever, and it was just brutal, and the ruts were so deep. We'd, That's where I kind of learned how to ride mud, is I crashed so much riding mud that it was like, all right, I kind of figuring out and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, this year, I think we haven't really been up there too much, it's just been kind of grinding down here mm-hmm. with the trainers and stuff, but... Uh, after Mammoth, I might go up there for about a week or week and a half, and then mm-hmm. it's straight back to either Florida or somewhere back east just to get used to the heat and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Do you think you'll stay here forever because that's why you guys bought the facility, or will you move to Florida at some point? I feel like you can do Supercross out here, but you kind of need to be out there to do outdoors. I don't know. Star Yama has proven me wrong, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I feel like I'd like to do like my off-season or something in maybe out there. But Supercross season, everything's kind of out here. Like, it's easy to travel, and the teams are all out mm-hmm. here and stuff like that. But same with outdoors, I guess. Uh, testing and everything, you kind of want to be out here, mm-hmm. at least for the first three rounds, and then maybe head back there. Just The East Coast rounds are so gnarly, but I don't know. The Cali boys have just been killing it, so mm-hmm. we'll see. <laughs> yeah, because the place you guys have is next level. I mean, I, it yeah. would rival anything that's back east that gets all this attention, and it's been there for years. Like, the LSEs worked out all the bugs, and oh, the yeah. guys – came in and took it to another level yeah and it really kind of took my supercross riding to a whole different like world i'm i would never be as good as i am on i, I really didn't get to show how good i am at monster cup because i crashed but um yeah i i would never have learned how to do half the stuff i have up there just messing around really like mm-hmm. we're done riding for the day and it's like all right well let's Let's skim the dragons back onto something else. Let's do a transfer, or mm-hmm. let's just work on the whoops, or let's try and hit the whoops in fifth gear today. Like, yeah. it's just like way different than showing up to a public track, and you kind of have to be good. You have to get your work done and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I kind of show up to like a, a public track and like not be stressed out about any rhythm or anything like that, or whoops, yeah. or it's like, oh, well, yeah, I have that at my track too. Hey, uh, so the uh, Amsoil Honda team is you, Joe, and Jet Lawrence, right? 100 yarder. Oh, and 100 yarder. Uh, <laughs> how do you get along with Joe and Jet? Sometimes uh, they are a little wild, I'd say. But really? Uh, yeah, because hey, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but it is my my observation. It seems like Jet coming to the team has opened up Joe because yeah. Joe was so quiet before. Now Joe is quiet. He'd barely like talk to anybody. I I've known Joe for since we we're on 60s, so yeah. like, he'd talk to me, but he like the team. He'd be like, "How's the bike, Joe?" And he'd be like, "Good." Where now it's like, uh, yeah, he'd talk and stuff. Like uh-huh. kind of opened up, but uh, yeah, they're they're definitely crazy for sure. Like. Uh, Joe, not so much. Jet, he's uh, he's just, he's wide open all the time for sure. He's like, he's only like 16 still, so, yeah. Um, but he's just like wide open, like on the line. He's just like, jumping around, being all crazy and stuff. But the whole team is so full of good riders right now that it's like, on a on a weekday. I uh, I think last week we both, uh, me, Jet, and uh, Joe, we jumped in with like the pros on a moto. Like we saw that Troy Lee and Star were doing a moto, and we jumped in and we. We were right there. We were on the same page. Yeah. So, um, and it's cool because when you have a teammate, that's the you want to beat him more than anybody else. Yeah. So when you have like a teammate that wins, you if you beat them, you win. It's yeah. like it's just how it is. We're we're all doing really good right now. I think at a Cal Classic with Hunter Lawrence going to race, there was motos we were one, two, three, four, like mm. which is like kind of unheard of because I don't think any teams ever had four A riders. Yeah, and mm. so at the Cal Classic, what Hunter like pulled off from the last motos or yeah. something so he didn't get the championship yeah i think joe won him yeah so uh who's stronger where in like what conditions or what tracks i mean right now i think uh they're just so good like i come into the turns and i bulldog it like i come in wide open and then i like slam the rut and they literally coast like they coast but they still do it fast like it's mm-hmm. so efficient and that's what i've been trying to work on because you know, my bike's been working really good, but I come into the bumps so fast that I don't think any bike could handle it. Yeah. And uh, I'll catch them coming into the turns, and they pull away from me coming out of the turns. So I've learned so much just riding with them and yeah. racing with them. And they have really good race craft for sure because uh, Jet Lawrence raced the whole EMX series. Yeah. So that's, like, so much experience with, like, yeah, fans definitely. and everything. So just, like, riding behind him in a moto or in front of him, I can hear what he's doing and – I think it's helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Just I've rode with Joe for so long now; it's kind of getting more like comfortable, and I kind of know what he's gonna do sometimes. Yeah. Where Jet's a whole new person. Yeah. Well, when we were filming the the Fast movie that day that we we rented Paula, I yeah. remember I was watching. And I was like, oh, "Dude, Carson looks fast. It's gonna be good to film him because you guys are warming up." <laughs> yeah. And I was all, "Well, when's Joe gonna start trying?" But then yeah. I realized oh, he's just so smooth. He doesn't look like he's trying. Oh, yeah, and he's going the same speed. Yeah. But he's just, like, effortless. Like, I feel like he would never wear out a bike because he's just, like, yeah. it's just, like, floating the bumps and stuff like that. And I'm just, like, wide open, like, going through them and scrubbing the jumps and stuff. But we're going the same speed. It's, like, it's crazy. I mean, it's kind of the same with, like, maybe, like, Craig and J-Mart. Like, they're complete opposite styles. But yeah. they both win, like. Definitely. Do you think having a teammate, because when you first signed with Amazon Honda, you were the only guy, and then now they've added quite a few amateur guys to it. Do you think that having more people there kind of takes some of the burden off of you because now you have someone your age at the same speed that you can kind of bounce ideas off of or learn from, and then it's not like, hey, all this effort's on you, Carson, you have to perform, because they're going to share the weight too. Yeah, I can see that, but uh, I had uh, Tristan Charbonneau in section when I first got on the team, so Mm -hmm. and they're both A, so it was like, if I and I was just a little kid still. I was only like 13, 14, so you know I was still learning a lot. And it was cool to have those guys as teammates because obviously Chase and Tristan were so good and they were winning the A class. And I was just 
trying to get in the Superman in the, eight, in the 85 class. But, uh, um, yeah, I'd say it's it's kind of more like we do bounce ideas and stuff off, but we really want to beat each other, like, mm-hmm. really bad. Like, we're friends, and, like, we'll hang out, like, in the rig and stuff like that. But, like, down in the staging and, like, before the moto, like, we don't talk. Like, <laughs> or maybe even after the moto, like, we're we're serious. Like, like Jet kind of jokes around, but me and Joe, we don't say anything. We, mm-hmm. We're there, and, like, if you see your teammate maybe, like, three positions in front of you, you're like, I got to beat him. You, know, you want to be the best guy in the team for sure because mm-hmm. when, you, when you beat your teammates, they come back and they're like, oh, good job. All right, that was good. All right, what do you guys need to work on to be as good as him? Yeah. So, yeah, you definitely want to beat your teammates for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's take another quick break, but I, I want to do a third segment with Carson because uh, I'm enjoying this. Okay. All right, we'll be right back. In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Nice. Welcome back to the 60 Helmets Kickstart podcast. Uh, we're here with Carson Mumford. Um, hey, so we've been talking about the team and everything. How is your team manager, Shane Nally? Oh, he's awesome. Uh, when I first got on the team, he was a truck driver, and then he kind of became like the parts guy, and then now he's the the amateur team manager. So he like kind of knows the whole like system of the team, you know, yeah. exactly what people need to be doing. And he used to be a mechanic, like wait, like for Kudrowski, I think. Yeah, Mike Kudrowski. So he definitely knows his stuff. Yeah, and uh, he's been in the sport for a long forever. time. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he does a great job, I think. And uh, when he first started, he was like, kind of didn't know, like, I don't know, like the whole system of the amateur team, you know, because mm-hmm. he's more or less just a truck driver when he first started. And yeah. It's so much different than pros, you know, like you have to be down to the line, like super early, like practice, you have to be the first one out. Like pros are like, oh yeah, like, we'll all get down there at the same time and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. amateurs and it's just way different. And he's doing such a good, good job that he learned so much and he's definitely helping out the team a lot. Nice. And then I think it's cool. He goes out and, and trains with you guys kind of on mountain bikes, right? Yeah. And he whoops us sometimes. He'll, he'll ride the taser sometimes. Yeah. I've seen him take some gnarly crashes too. He he gets up. He, and still he's goes not for afraid it. to send it all uh, down. He pins it. Yeah, he's a good guy. I, I've been on several rides with him, and I, I really enjoy riding with him. He's he's a lot of fun. Yeah, and he's got his plate full right now with the amateurs. Like four guys. That's like insane. Yeah. We're all like in the same class, and Yoder's on in the B, B right? class. But yeah. it's all uh, it's hard to just. We all need parts, and we all are going for the same bikes and mm-hmm. everything. So it's hard to spread out like okay, well, he got a pipe last time, now it's your turn for a new pipe, <laughs> and your bike's getting rebuilt while his is out there running. It's a, it's definitely, like, a, it's hard to keep track of everything. Yeah. Um, how is Yoder doing in the B class? He is doing really good, I think. He is so just new to the, and he's way younger than all the other kids out there. I yeah, think he's, he's small still, right? Yeah, he's 15, right? And when I was 15, I was just riding super many still. So, yeah. Did um, he get too big for the 150 or is it because the 150 got clipped yeah i think the 150 deal is like well there's so much money going into this and you know i mean he rides the b stock class that's like nothing you know that's no money really like just stock stock bike tires you can't really do anything to the bike so but uh he's doing really good he's 
still a little guy in the class. Um, the bigger kids try to bully him sometimes, but he doesn't let it happen. He's getting moto wins at regionals mm-hmm. and stuff. So uh, he's not going to do mammoth because it's only stock. It's only mod classes there. Oh, okay. So uh, he'll probably just start training for Loretta's. So uh, I think he can he can win the stock class. You know, I I did last year and he he's doing just as good as I think I was. Yeah. Did you like that stock class? Because it's just it really is just you. It's uh, bikes all pretty baseline. Yeah. Um. I really wanted to do like the premier classes, like the Schoolboy Two and Two Fifty B mod. But uh, they had Joe doing those classes, and it's like, it's kind of hard to compete with your teammate all the time. And like, when we were in the the school by two class, the one I raced, mm-hmm. we were, for some reason, always one position apart, like battling. I think uh, one moto, he he crashed after the Ten Commandments, and I landed on his bike and went over the bars, <laughs> and I jumped up, and my bike was on top of his, so I was standing on his bike picking up my bike, and he was picking up his bike while I'm standing on it, and we're in like 39th and 40th, like. Yeah just weird stuff was happening and uh we both would like catch up to like fifth and sixth from dead last like we were Mm -hmm. both like dyson but it's kind of hard to have you're almost like taking away from your team when you have the same guys in the same class Mm -hmm. where they kind of just wanted to spread us out and uh i guess it was it was a smart move on their part to show you know honda they have a great stock bike and Mm -hmm. because ktm's won it for the last like five years Mm -hmm. so i think that was kind of cool and they were really pumped on it and all the guys down at like uh factory honda were really excited about mm-hmm. it so I, I i did like it it was uh it showed that i was the best guy in that class for sure because we're on the same stock bikes mm-hmm. yeah and i mean the honda is not the fastest one yeah know? so you're a disadvantage against the yamahas and the, yeah and, but dude i think the crf 250r handles so oh well. yeah i it's the best handling 250 mm-hmm. i believe it puts some pretty gnarly power out because i pulled three hole shots on that thing Did too you? yep so cool. i pulled every hole shot and uh i think the we had a moto at six o'clock at night like mm-hmm. and so the track was just b it was pretty much dark and uh like i i lined up and i'm like I wore all black gear because it was hot. I was just like, all right, I'm just going to wreck these guys because my bike handled so good, and I knew exactly what I was going to do, and it was so rough, and I think I won by, like, 38 seconds that moto. Like, mm-hmm. it was so, so awesome. Yeah. I think that we sent Casey and Chase to come film, and did Casey get kicked out because he was cheering for you? He might have, yeah, because yeah. he's out on the track or something. Yeah, he was on the infield. He didn't know that you can't cheer on the infield. <laughs> If you have a pass. Oh, I didn't know that. I've never been to Loretta, so. You got his pass pulled, like, on the first day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You've gone to Loretta's, like you said, so many times now. So the way that you've evolved over your career from this little kid that's just going to have fun to now, like, you're the guy. Mm -hmm. How has it changed, though, for you as a rider? Like, does that track get so much easier when you get on a bigger bike, or do you find new challenges there? Oh, yeah. I, uh, this last year, I went there, and I'm like, is the track smooth to you guys? Like, it is so smooth. And they're like, a big bike, yeah, right? and they're like, no, it's rough, dude. I'm like, really? Like, I feel like last year was insane. Like, I could barely make it around the track. And this year, I was just, like, floating the bumps. And, like, mm-hmm. it makes such a big difference. But that track is so, like, tight that I feel like uh, the stock bike was almost easier to ride because it was slower. Mm-hmm. With the mod bike, I was, like, I was small then, too. I was only, like, 5'4 and 120 pounds. So, and then they yeah. put me on a rocket ship. I was, like man, I can barely keep the front end down all these ruts and the start was harder for me and stuff like that. So I, yeah, I think the big bike for sure helps there. The, mm-hmm. the, the track is gnarly and I'd almost say just as gnarly as a pro race. Cause it, you ride the track all day long. Like mm-hmm. 
with so many different bike sizes, you have different kickers on every jump. Mm-hmm. And almost no maintenance between motos, right? Yeah, I think they do uh, like 10 minutes before some premier classes, like super minis, 80s, and big bikes. Like, that's it. But, uh, yeah, it's just rough. Like, practice days is unreal. Like, mm-hmm. they do like, I think, like 60 practices or something. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like from, oh, yeah, it's just so gnarly. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, you know, for you, your whole life's been motocross since you're a little kid. Your your parents are heavily invested in that, but you also have a sister, mm-hmm. and is she like a high level gymnast or a dancer? Dancer, yeah, she's she's killing it right now. So my parents are like pumped on her. So uh, my mom really is involved with that, and my dad's yeah. really involved with what I do. So yeah. it's a uh, it's balanced. It would be super hard if she had to come to all the races. She's just now liking to. She has some friends, and she's like, oh, like I'll go to like she's going to Mammoth, which she mm-hmm. enjoys. So. She hasn't been able to go because she's had dance competitions the last, like, three years. So, yeah. But uh, my sister loves her grandma, too. So she just stays at her house all the time, and my grandma will take her to dance and mm-hmm. watch her and stuff. So, so what, what kind of dancing is it? I don't know. I think it's all kinds. She does everything. She does, is like, it hip-hop? And oh, yeah? just ballet and tap and everything. So. Wow. So do you go watch her dance sometimes? I My mom owned a dance studio when I was little, so I used to dance, too. Like oh, I, yeah? Yeah, when I was, like, seven or what eight. What kind of dancing? Hip-hop, yeah. You did hip-hop? Yep. Like, could you bust out some moves for us right now out of memory? Yeah, probably. Yeah? That's pretty good. We <laughs> might have to do that someday. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so you're, you're – okay, so where they live, like, uh, I had talked to Brendan Lutz the other day, who's married to Emily. Yeah. And you guys are related somehow, right? Yeah, like – like cousins through marriage and stuff. Yeah, so they're opening a dance studio. I understand. So will she start going there? You think, or is she know. like sponsored by some high level? Place? She just switched because my mom owned the dance studio forever and then sold it, and then she danced there still for like a few years, and then uh, she was like, "All right, I've been here for ten years. I'm just kind of getting over it." Mm-hmm. So she just started with a new dance studio, and she really likes it. And I think the kids there maybe are a little better, so it's mm. pushing her pushing way more. Her yeah. yeah. So I think she's really like. She's always kind of been the girl that's like, oh, I'd just rather go have fun and dance instead of, like, I wanted to smoke them. But yeah. now, like, she's with all these high-level kids, and it's like she's really enjoying the improvement. She's serious. Yeah, she's like, wow, like, when you work hard, you get so much better. So yeah. I think she's seeing it. Yeah. And it's cool that the whole family has something that you guys are that dedicated to because, like, yeah. your dad kills it in his business, and your yeah. mom has always been doing her thing. So, like, yep. it's cool to see four people fully into it and like committed and not just like half doing it yeah you wouldn't want to see us play a board game together we get pretty bad <laughs> you're pretty heated the tables are flipped and we're all mad hey so uh the other person in your program that we haven't talked about a whole bunch is buddy Antonis, right so uh is bud man your physical trainer as well as riding coach uh no i train with uh jay whipple right now. oh yeah yeah that's but right. i train with buddy for like 10 years when okay. i was on like, I think I started with him when I was five. Oh, so you're not with Jay, you're with Jay Whipple now yep. instead of Buddy Anthony. Yep. Okay. Uh, but, oh, yeah, Buddy definitely helped me a lot. Like, just, he just kept it fun. You know, when you're yeah. little, you you love to ride, but, like, the motos get grueling, and it's like, man, I'm wearing a sweatshirt today. Like, I'm nine. <laughs> like, this sucks. But yeah. then you have, like, buddies that, like, I, I have some, like, for sure lifelong friends. I just... They don't really race anymore, but like Tristan Miller or like Connor Molinex, like mm-hmm. every day riding with them, like we joking around at the pit, and then mm-hmm. when we pass each other, we block pass. So it was like just always fun. Yeah. So uh, a recent change to then the Jay Whipple, 
He's from Pacific Northwest, right? Yep. Yeah. What is his program like? Is it is it like your sister changing dance studios? Or you just wanted to change? Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, just like that. I trained with Randy Lawrence for a few years in between, yeah. but uh, yeah, Jay, his program's really gnarly and uh, it's good. Mm-hmm. So, what is it like? Like, is he Mr. Yeah. Turn Turn Track? And... Uh, well, I mean, not so much right now, but I put some pretty long laps in at Hemet uh, in the hills, like when it was like kind of raining and stuff. Like, I think one one day I did a forty-five minute moto. Wait. So. The sand track with the boat? Uh, yeah. 45 minutes on that? Yeah. Dude. So, there are some days <laughs> that you're like, man, I got, this is a rough day. But lately, it's been, like, kind of tapering off, like, okay, Mammoth is coming up. We got to be fresh. Yeah. And, uh, but it's been, like, some, I still have, like, at least one long moto a day, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe only, like, 25 minutes. But yeah. um, then just, like, some sprint laps and uh, some technique drills and some turns and stuff. So, still light and fun. So the team is uh, sponsored by Intense Bikes. Yep. Have you switched to an Intense yet? Yep. <coughs> Sorry. So I think I have how, a sniper. How much? Yeah, the sniper yep. cross country. But how much does uh, cycling play in your fitness routine? Oh, it's a huge part. Uh, I at least cycle like two, three days a week. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love my Intense cycle. It's definitely, definitely the best mountain bike I've ever owned. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool because you guys have that because Jeff is an investor in Intense, yeah. right? So do you get to switch your bike out every few months for a different one? Or I can, but I point? just love my bike. So they said, like, oh, every few months you get sick of it, just bring it in, we'll give you a new one. But i just been riding this one, and it's like, yeah, I'm I'm good with this one. I like it. Yeah. How about your dad? Is he still riding the e-bike a bunch, or is it? Yep. Dead? He just Is he? He uh he brings it, like, just like a race. He'll probably bring it to Mammoth for sure. Uh-huh. He always likes to bring his mountain bike to Mammoth. But he, uh, he loves his e-bike for sure. He just... Okay, that's good because when I helped him get that, yeah, he was yeah. all fired up on it. Yeah. I'm like, I hope he keeps riding it. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, he's he loves that thing. And if he sees someone out like Derek, he has an e-bike that he won from Loretta's. Uh-huh. If he sees someone else have it, he just goes on for like 30 minutes. They're just going back and forth. This thing's the best bike. <laughs> oh, dude, it handles the tires are so good. Like, yeah. they just love it. So, uh, what is your uh, regular mountain bike area? Um, either Skyline or just maybe a road loop oh, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That, do you never go down to Greer? Uh, I've never been to Greer. Are you kidding? Uh, yeah, never been. Oh, dude. Well, I think for Greer, you should probably switch your sniper for like That's what I heard, yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> Didn't Sexton like endo there? No, Sexton endoed on Skyline. Really? Yeah. Have you, have you come down Troy Lee and Block? Yeah, but it was like at night, like I was just cruising. Okay, you know where uh, Traley comes down and crosses the road and goes back on the other side of the road? Yeah. Yeah, Sexton came down that too fast and went over the bars. Is that when he broke his collarbone? Yeah. Uh, okay. That's because he was on a sniper. But he like, sends it on the mountain Oh, bike. dude, he's so fast. Yeah, like he thinks yeah. he's downhill champion rebel rampage on that thing. Yeah. I've tried to follow him a few times, and I end up crashing because I'm like, I yeah. can't hang on. Like, he's just going yeah. so fast. Have you ridden with Hunter? He's fast. No, I haven't. Yeah, Hunter Lawrence is super fast on, on the mountain bike. <laughs> he does tricks. Really? Yeah, he does this big jump at Skyline, and I forgot what he called it, but he, like, lets go, and he grabs the seat with his hand. Really? Like a toboggan? Yeah. I don't Maybe, yeah. Maybe yeah, because then you cock the bars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. So all that stuff, like all the training, all the tracks, like what's your favorite perk of being a racer at, like, a high level? There's got to be something about it that you're like, this is sick, and this is why I keep doing it. Probably racing. Like, Just I'd, the feeling? I love it, yeah. Like, 
just uh, like I said, like A class now. Like I never knew this is how it was, but like when you go A class, like people are like pumped to watch you ride. Like mm -hmm. I never really like I like people have always been like, oh, you like you're ripping or this or that, but like little kids, like they're like, let's go watch the A class. Like just how I've always been, just growing up. But mm -hmm. that's just so cool to me. Like little kids are just pumped to watch. Because mm -hmm. there's so like you being who you are, you have a lot of perks that I don't think like a lot of people might understand like the mountain bike thing having yeah. a track having all this stuff but that's yeah. cool that probably wanting to go race makes putting in all that work even more worthwhile oh yeah it, just to win in a, a high level amateur race is just so gnarly nowadays that like everything's got to go into it so when you do win it's just like you just know like that was it was so worth it mm -hmm. are you still a jersey collector oh yeah still yeah. got all the jerseys who's the latest one uh the latest jersey I got an Anderson jersey, so yeah, not, not no. too long ago I got an Anderson jersey. And do you get asked for jerseys now? Yeah, every once in a while, just at like, like at the regionals or stuff like that. But yeah. it's like amateurs. It's like you hardly race. Like you race like six times a year. It seems like besides the local races. Like, yeah. So yeah, it's like pros every weekend. I feel like they're handing out jerseys. Yeah, I have a, I have a Mumford. I think it's a One Industries jersey. Way back, I was yeah. probably like fifties or sixties. Yeah, I think you're on KTM's. It's like orange, like Cheeto almost. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering, I because I uh, I raced the red. That was the gear I won Loretta's in on 60s. I only uh -huh. got one set. I'm like, man, what happened to that gear? But you got it. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Well, right on, man. Uh, thanks for uh, driving over to join us for today's podcast. And, uh, dude, good luck at Mammoth. Thanks. Kill it up there. Thank you. See you, dude. Have fun. All right, see you guys. Thanks.